Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to City Place Church. My name is Damon Moore, and I am so excited that you're joining us this morning. Hey, listen, do me a favor as you popped on this morning. Will you like and share today's message? Today's going to be good. We're continuing in our series Breakthrough, focusing on what God wants to say and do in our life. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 5 that when David was facing an enemy, he said that God showed up and he broke through like water. So we're just going to continue on today. You can follow along every aspect of service today uh, by downloading today's message notes at cityplacechurch.com. I also want to let you know that there are some other ways that you can download today's message on our YouVersion Bible app as well as the City Place Church app. Our team's putting that information up. We just want to make sure that your experience today is one that's easy and smooth so that you can really engage in today's service. We believe that God has called our church to be a life giving church. And God has called our church to build dreams, ignite faith, establish leaders, and win the laws for the kingdom of God. And so we are so honored to have you this morning. Now listen, I'm going to get ready to step away. We're going to jump into God's word. There'll be a moment in our service where we'll have an opportunity to worship the Lord through our giving. But just know that our heart is for you to feel at home. So on behalf of my wife, Taisha, and everyone here at City Place Church, Welcome to City Place. All right, City Place, are you ready for the word today? Make sure you download today's message notes, cityplacechurch.com. For those of you who are here for the very first time, welcome to City Place Church. Make sure you like and share today's message. You're going to need to take some notes. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. I'm going to give you a quick review of last week because then we're going to jump right in to the word today and and just go for it this morning. Go for it this morning. We, we, we kicked off a series last week that said that uh, we wanted to just really focus in on God allowing us to experience breakthrough in every aspect of our life. We've been in a series called Breakthrough, but we wanted to literally focus on our kingdom finances. And we said that breakthrough is like uh, just God just allowing us to experience something that's sudden, impactful, that brings about an important discovery of who he is. And as a pastor, it's important that I disciple all of us, not just on the things that make us feel good, but in every aspect of our life. And one of those areas is kingdom finances. How many of y'all know that God has a design and God has a purpose for every aspect of our life? And so last week we talked about kingdom finances and we just said that we wanted God's kingdom perspective. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, it says this, people who want to get rich, or as as we termed it, a wrong perspective of money, fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plug men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with griefs. Paul says this, Paul says, listen, if you have a wrong perspective of money, a wrong perspective of finances, it literally opens doors for various temptations 
and it entraps you. He says that it becomes the root of all kinds, all kinds of evils. He then goes on and says that some people have literally said, my attention span is going to be focused on here and they leave the faith and then experience all kinds of griefs. So therefore, we're going to just kind of focus in on what is God's perspective of kingdom finances? Because if if my perspective leads me into places I don't want to be, what is God's focus on those things? And we just said, hey, let's get practical. If we were to sit around a table and we were to talk about finances, there would be five numbers that we would look at. We said that we would look at earnings, <coughs> which is what we bring in. We said that we would look at spending, what goes out. We said that we would look at saving, kind of what's set aside for that rainy day, that emergency fund, which it always rains. We said that we would look at investing. That's when money starts kind of, it's, it's producing for itself and it's where we kind of watch money grow. It's not about the amount, it's about the time. And then we said that we'd talk about giving if we were just looking at five numbers. Now, if we were sitting down with a financial planner, they may not add giving to the list, but we add giving because God created us for a purpose, on purpose, in his purpose. And part of that purpose has a seed of generosity because everyone around us has to meet Jesus. So there's that, there's that generosity seed on the inside of us, that giving seed. <coughs> but then we read a scripture that's in Haggai chapter one, verse five, because if we only looked at the numbers, that would bring us some level of freedom. But what is God's perspective? And then Haggai chapter one, verse five, we see that God downloads his perspective to us. And this is what it says. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful attention to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough wages, never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on your clothes, but are never warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. We said that if we only looked at the numbers, that would bring one level of freedom. But in every aspect of our life, we have to include God's view because he says this in Haggai. He says, I want you to consider your thinking. I want you to consider how you view every situation of your life, because as I see it, there's some form of lack, even when you feel like you have what you want. And then he says, consider your ways. So my thought is, is what if we just invited God to the table? So imagine I pull up a chair here and I just invite God to the table. And we said this last week, God, what would be your perspective if we looked at the five numbers? How would you view it? And so if we were to say, God, how do you view, you know, spending from from your perspective? God would have said this and write this down. This is a review that I view calling versus compensation. God views life from calling versus compensation. We said that it's not what we earn that fulfills us. It's what God created you to do that will fulfill you. So God, okay, that's your perspective. It's calling versus compensation. Well, when we talk about spending, what, what's your perspective, God? Because I want your vantage point. If I have to consider my ways, 
because I'm feeling like there's some lack in my area, even though I may have the things that I want, or maybe there's some things that I want, but I don't have yet. I'm, I'm trying to feel it, feel it out. God, what's your perspective on spending? We said that God would say something to the fact of, I view contentment over consumerism. God is thinking about contentment versus consumerism. Paul said, no matter what state I'm in, I've had plenty, I've had lack, but I've learned the secret to being content. See, that secret of contentment is found in God, not in the things that we may have. And we said contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but it's the realization of what you already have. So we have calling versus compensation. We have contentment versus consumerism. And then we said when it comes to savings, God would say, I want you to stay God dependent versus independent. I, I know that's your rainy day aspect of life and your emergency aspect of life, but please don't lean into that understanding. Trust in me even while you're building that. And so when it comes to our savings, the savings of life and the setting side is all practical and necessary, but that can't become our security. When the father says, that's what I'm here for. And so God would say, listen, as you save, don't become independent. Stay dependent on me. Then we looked at two more. We had investing and we had giving. And we said for investing, God would say, listen, I'm thinking about stewardship versus ownership. We said that let's just have a life principle that God owns everything and I'm his manager. Everything belongs to God. The Bible actually says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything belongs to the Lord. The creativity that created this table and the creativity that created the, my iPad all came from the Lord. And so you and I get to manage all that God owns. And then the fifth one was generosity versus being misery or being a miser. It's like God created us to value something more than the tangible thing. God created us to give our life for his purpose and his plan. And so that was last week. And just thinking about, okay, God, you're invited to the table. And we're getting a clearer view of how you see our earnings and spending and savings and investing and giving. But God, there's got to be more because not all of us are in the place where we want to be financially. And can I argue that even if we're rolling in the dough and even if we're earning high, are we really living in God's kingdom purpose as it relates to our kingdom finances? Are we sure that how we execute is how he wants us to execute? See, if we're not careful, we can become strapped. Or as Paul said, we can become trapped, which pushes us away from faith. So today I want us to lean in and I want us to lean into this thought that my mindset matters. My mindset matters because in Haggai, he said, consider your ways, consider your strategy, because I've got one that will impact you greater. So my mindset matters. My mindset matters. So let me throw out some questions. Fact or fiction. Here you go. Fact or fiction. As we talk about kingdom finances and that we talk about money, 
Fact or fiction, money is the root of all evil. Fact or fiction, you can put it in on your sermon notes. Feel comfortable to type it in the chat. Money is the root of all evil. Fact or fiction. Number two, financial success is for people from wealthy backgrounds. Financial success is for people from wealthy backgrounds. Fact or fiction. Here we go. Keep it going. Having debt is acceptable as long as one can afford it. Fact or fiction. Having debt is acceptable as long as one can afford it. Just challenging our thoughts, challenging our thoughts right now, because this is where God begins to build off of our thinking. Number two or, or number four. It's too late for me to achieve financial excellence. I use the word financial excellence because we're not chasing money. I want to be excellent in everything that God puts in front of me. So we're, we, want, we, we want financial excellence. So fact or fiction, it's too late for me or you to achieve financial excellence. So I want you to answer that question looking at where you are and where we want God to bring us to. And then the final one is, is I possess the ability to gain God's kingdom financial excellence. Billy Graham said this, if a person can get his or her attitude toward money straight, it will help straighten out most, almost every area of their life. See, it's a mindset that's really going to matter. Consider your thoughts. That's what God said. So let's look at a scripture because we need to find out how do we and how did we get to this place to where the burden of finances became our care and it wasn't God's care. How, how, how did we get to the place to where debt became acceptable? Or how did we get to the place to where the weight of debt was tolerable? I believe I shared this last week, but when I was a college student, I was 20 years old. And I decided that I was going to borrow because I had someone tell me, they said this phrase, they said, it's a fool that doesn't invest in themselves. <laughs> the second thing somebody said to me was that C's get degrees. That's what they told me. So I was like, oh, that's my jam right there, that C. And instead of putting in the work and doing the research, I decided I was just going to borrow my way to my degree. I don't know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you just borrowed. And so that was my strategy. I was going to borrow. And I said to myself, once I graduate, I'm going to pay everything off. Like, I'm going to get this big time job. I'm going to pay everything off. Well, what I found is that even though I had the job that I really loved, my, 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 my debt was still there. I had over $52,000 worth of student loan debt. And what I thought was going to work out for my benefit, because I now had this sheet of paper, actually this weight hit me once I walked across the stage because Sally Mae decided that it was time that I paid up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Sally Mae decided that, hey, Damon, you've graduated and we celebrate that with you. Now here's your first bill. And all of a sudden, I felt a pressure that I hadn't felt before. Well, let's speed up the story. Two years after that, I'm not able to do some of the things that I dreamed about when I was in school. And I just started feeling the weight and this burden. And I can remember walking through my neighborhood going, God, 
Is this really what it is? I tithe, I give, all the things that I had heard worked, you know. But I was frustrated. And I can remember walking around depressed because I was strapped. And I'm like, well, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I get to this place? And I remember listening to some wisdom and said, you need to know where you are. You need to know how you got there. And then you need to trust God. And so I remember praying. I said, God, this is not your design for me. God, I'm so sorry. I, pro I made a promise to God. I said, God, if you bring me through this, I'll tell everybody that it was you. And I'll learn like never before. I'll absorb everything about finances that I can. And I'll teach people about it. And so within about two and a half years, I saw God do a miracle to where that debt that I had, God eliminated. But the question is, is how did we get there? There's a story in the Bible that I'll reference and I've read it before. It's in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. It's the story of, as it's labeled, the prodigal son. And the Bible says, and I'll just read a portion of it and then we'll just jump in. It says this. There was a man who had two sons in verse 11. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided his property to, between both of his sons. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set out for a distant country and squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he spent everything, there was a famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. How do we get here? How do we get from having this promise from the father, but wanting something so bad, so fast, that we're willing to take our own strategy? Remember, I told you it's calling versus compensation. It's contentment versus consumerism. It's God saying, listen, I want you to steward and not just own. I want you to be God dependent, not independent. I want you to be generous and not misery in living in misery. This young man literally says, give me what you owe me now. I want it now. You ever heard that song? I want it all. I want it all. And I want. Yeah. I stole that from somebody, by the way. Sometimes we want something so bad that we want it. Right then. So I wrote this down. The reason why we find ourselves sometimes strapped, sometimes carrying a burden of what we're not supposed to be carrying as it relates to finances is write this down, is we believe a lie. We believe a lie. We believe that we need that new iPhone 13 and it's going to enhance our life. We believe that we need the $275 Jordans. We believe that we need X. We believe that we need Y. We believe that we need the extra, you know, things that take from our time with our family. We believe that we need to put 
this here. We believe, and sometimes God is not even in that. We just hear the whisper or we see the, the, the shiny object and we say, that's what I want. I want it all and I want it right now. And it's literally not the Lord that's leading us that way. It's ourself. Paul said, it's the view that you have. It's the, the thing that you chase that creates that root to where you start falling in love with the finances or the distracted thing and it pulls you away from the faith so that you can't even tell if God's there or if he's not. So many times you and I, we believe a lie. I believed a lie. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to grab hold of it and I'm just, I'm not going to put in the work. I'm just going to borrow versus working to study and learn early on. Now, just so you know, just so you know, if you're if you've got debt right now, this is not a series to make anybody feel bad. This is our breakthrough series. If you and I are going through something and we feel the weight. No, this is our breakthrough series. So feel no shame whatsoever. This is God saying, I'm going to empower you. I'm giving you my view. You and I. Hopefully you wrote this down. We believe a lie. I wrote this down. Lying. Has its root in pride. It's it's it has to benefit me. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. It says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I heard this quote. Pastor Chris Hodges, he quoted uh, someone and he said this. He says the man on his face. Before God can't fall from that position. A man who's like right in here, God, without you, I accomplish nothing. God, in every aspect of my life, I need you. God, I need your leadership. I need your guidance. I need your instruction. I need to know how you're thinking. My mindset has to be what you're thinking. A man whose face is before God can't fall from that place. We believe a lie. We can't hide pride. It's visible in our chasing of the compensation and consumerism and independence. And I own this. I'm a self-made. No, it's evident. Number two, how do we get here? The first one is we believe a lie. Some of us, I was there. I walked in pride. I worked in the NBA. It felt good to be on the sideline. God literally had to break me of pride. I walked in pride, y'all, when I worked 10 years in the NBA. It was rising so fast. And God literally said, Damon, no, absolutely not. See, pride can put us in positions to where it makes us feel like I got to have that. I got to have this. I got to have that because we start believing a lie. Second thing is, is we engage in self-destructive behavior. We engage in self-destructive behavior. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that looks harmless enough, but look again, it leads straight to hell. I wrote this down. Self-destructive behavior is a result of an undisciplined life, which results from pride. Self-destructive behavior results from an undisciplined life. It's literally saying, I am the owner of this. And I am not going to steward that like this is mine. God, I can 
flow this so much better. See, we have to be careful because life's mismanagement leads us to some type of consequential behavior that traps us. I read it to you earlier. Paul said, hey, listen, if you have a wrong perspective of finances, it can lead to temptations and traps, push you away and to begin to create a root of all kinds of evil, all kinds of evil. And it entraps you in grief is what he said. See, we have to be careful because our self-destructive behavior can entrap us. Watch this. Now, here's a test. Here's how we know if we might be doing a little something that's destructive to ourselves. Be careful of compromising language that sounds like this. I just can't help myself. I deserve this. Have you ever said that? I know I have. I've said that a lot. I deserve this. Or what harm can this do? Have you ever said any of those things? Like, I can't help myself. I, I deserve this. Or I, we have to be careful because the compromising language can lead us to self-destructive behavior, which then sets us up to believe the lie of the enemy. The Bible actually says this, that he is the father of lies. Shannon McClay said this, she said, or um, they said, if you're forced to do something and you don't really embrace it from a mindset shift, then the second you have the ability to do the other things, you're going to go back to that behavior because you really didn't embrace the change. See, this morning as we're talking about kingdom financing, we're, finances, we're saying, God, give me the breakthrough that you see. Like, I might be here and it might be all good, but God, is it your perspective? God, like I need you at the table because even if I'm here, God, I want to experience the change that you see. God, if I'm strapped, God, give me the change that you see. See, if we believe the lie and then we start engaging in self-destructive behavior, it leads to number three. We isolate ourselves from those who can help. Let's go back to Luke chapter 15. The Bible says the young man says, I want it all right now. There was something on the inside of him that was telling him and lying to him that it's better outside of the father's house than inside the father's house. So he believed it and said, I can make my own way. I don't know if you've ever been there where you felt like, God, I can strategize this so much more better than you because you're probably going to take a little bit more time. Listen, I, I tried to strategize my way out of the burden of financial debt. But it wasn't until I said, God, no, I need you at the table to where God brought about a change. Mindset or mindset matters. See, the young man started believing the lie and then he started engaging in self-destructive behavior. The Bible says that he goes out and he's like, woohoo! Show me the money. Give me that. Give me her. Give me this right here. I want this. I got that. I got the money to do it. I can afford it. Let's go. And the Bible says that he started saying, I deserve this. 
I get this. What harm is this going to do, right? But then that eventually put him in a place where he was trapped. And he found himself by himself working with pigs. In a house, under his father's leadership, people serving him to alone, believing a lie, self-destructive behavior. See, we have to be careful that we don't step outside of the father's house. Now, spiritually speaking now, outside of the father's house, outside of the father's covering, outside of the father's protection, outside of the father's leadership, outside of the father's provision, outside of the father's grace, outside of the father's favor, outside of the father's instruction. You and I have to really take stock and go, could it be that the thing that I'm walking through financially the hurdle, the obstacle, the limitation. Could it be that I am trying to lead this on my own without God at all? That's where we have to invite God back to the table because we begin to isolate ourselves. And the Bible says in Proverbs 18, chapter 1, it says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desires. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Look at the young man in a field. Oh, by myself, give me the money. This is what really matters. The Bible says the one that isolates himself seeks his own desires. Can I just say, everything that I'm talking about today, I have lived. And I committed to the Lord. I said, Lord, as my wife, Taisha and I pastor this church, God, we will pastor City Place to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. And sometimes, y'all, we have to, as pastors, speak about those subjects that may be taboo to us. Sometimes we have to have those conversations like sex talks in our church. Sometimes we have to have those conversations about marriage and raising children, and the Holy Spirit, and about our finances. We don't need to avoid them. No, God, I have clothes, but I'm not warm. I have food, but I'm never full. I drink, and I'm still thirsty. I, I earn a wage, and it's like holes in my pockets. You know what? It's time to consider my thoughts in my ways. Anybody, can you say amen to that? We declare that this is the year that God does it. And we want him to do it in every aspect of our life. And we don't want you isolated. This is the reason why we have city groups here. We have city groups because God didn't design you and I to do life alone. God didn't design you to strategize all by yourself. God designed you to be in a life-giving community of people who can speak life to you. And you can still be a part of a city group right now. Would y'all mind throwing up that slide really fast? I want you to, listen, our team's putting up the slide. I want you to jump into a city group. Why? So that we don't isolate ourselves. Because here's what happens. When we start isolating ourselves, we start saying things like this. They don't need to know. I don't owe you an explanation. They don't understand me. I don't need them. 
I can do this on my own. Ah, oh, no, we can't. We cannot do anything on our own. God did not design you and I to do our life by ourselves. So we believe the lie, we engage in self-destruction and self-destructive behavior. We isolate ourselves. And that's what causes us to be strapped. But let me tell you that there is a way out. I walked around a neighborhood for two years feeling like there was no way out. I can remember being in church services and I was giving my tithe and giving my offering. I was serving and I, I would say things to God. And I'm, I, I hate to even say it now, but I would say things to God like, this is the last time. God, I'm tired. I'm fed up. And no one knew. I had a really nice car, a light, nice apartment, and no one knew that on the inside I was suffering. I never told anyone. But man, I remember when I started talking about it. I came from being isolated and Ty and I talked and we sat down. I remember this level of freedom. And I can remember the encouragement as I started to study. Wait a second. Breakthroughs for me. See, when you feel like there is no way out, there's always a way out. And so for those of you who are watching this morning, who would say, I feel the pressure of debt. I feel the pressure of having, you know, more month than I have money. I feel the pressure of this expense or that expense or this, this hurdle in front of me. I want to let you know that there is breakthrough available today. So write this down. Way out number one, and we'll continue this next week. Way out number one is to first know that there is a way to experience breakthrough. God has always promised freedom. God has always given freedom. Psalms chapter 34, verse 18 says this, the Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He sees those who have lost all hope. So if you lost hope and you were like me, God says, I am coming to you. I am running to you. I am near to you. God wants it, you to experience breakthrough right now. Come on, can somebody say amen? Come on, God wants you to experience breakthrough. Yes, in your finances. Yes, we're preaching about this on a Sunday morning in a church. Yes, this has nothing to do with tithe and offering. This has to do with you in the year that God does it. Breakthrough for you. Breakthrough in your finances. Breakthrough in whatever area that is bringing you burden, medical bills, whatever it may be, God wants you to experience breakthrough and he is near to you. He does not want you to walk around broke, busted and disgusted, limping, feeling like he can't do it because, yes, he can. You are not alone. The lie of the enemy, the self-destructive behavior, isolating yourself. God says, nope, I'm right there. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. He will never push you past your limit. I know what you might be thinking, but Pastor Damon, you don't know how much of a burden we have. Can I just encourage you in Jesus' name that there has never been a more precious time than this moment 
and to invite Jesus back to that table. You and I are never too far gone where he can't heal, where he can't save. If we were to jump back into Luke chapter 15, the Bible says that the young man came to himself and he says, I don't need to be staying here. I'm going to go back and I'm going to present myself back to my dad. And I'll just tell him I just want to work for him. And the story goes on to say that he starts running back to his dad. And it says that while he's afar off, his dad sees him and literally goes to meet him, hugs him, kisses him. And the son's talking about everything he did wrong. I can't believe it. And the dad's like, son, I am not thinking about all that. I'm going to throw a party for you. And says that he gave him back his robe and all the clothes that he had before. See, the first thing is to realize, I, I can experience breakthrough right now. Like, I can experience breakthrough. The second thing is to realize, watch this. And this is where we'll wrap up for today. Is <coughs> like, I have to know, we said the first one is I have to know that there is a way to experience breakthrough. The second thing is, is that we have to have a now attitude. Like, I can experience breakthrough in Jesus now. Like, right now, I can experience breakthrough in Jesus. Now, Hebrews chapter 1 says, now faith. Not, not tomorrow's faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Now, we need to have a now attitude. Come on, a now attitude. Can you say now? Can you say now? Like it all begins right now. My breakthrough moment begins right now. And since it begins now, our final step would be to literally go to the Father for his help. The young man said, I'm getting up from here and I'm going back home now. But he didn't just go home, he ran to the dead. And the Bible says that the father embraced him. See, you and I, first and foremost, and we'll get practical, we'll get practical here in the next few weeks. But we have to run back to the father. Here's what I did. I literally said, Father God, I have this, I made these choices. Father, I did it because I wanted to advance the dream of my heart that you put on the inside of me. But for any misstep that I've made out of selfish ambition or pride, Father, forgive me. So I realized that breakthrough was available in that moment. I realized that I needed to respond right then. And then I just took the step of saying, Father, I need your help. And I did it humbly. Remember I told you that a man on his face can't fall from that place. See, this morning, if you and I would literally just get a little bit honest with God. Come on. Here's how I want you to get honest a little bit later. This is going to be your homework. I want you to write down which, where you are. If, if you've got, if, whatever your burden is, write it down. God, I've got this. God, I'm facing this. And you write it down. And I want you to look at it. And I want you to just kind of go, okay, God, any behavior, any action, any response, where I misstepped, God, I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm giving this back over to you because everything 
belongs to you and I'm your manager. See, it all begins with God. I need your perspective. This week I'm asking you and I to consider our thoughts. Consider our response. Why? Because we want to experience breakthrough in every aspect of our life. You know, I said earlier that so many times we believe a lie and the enemy would want us to think that we're so far away from what God has for you and I. That our action of the past or our action from yesterday disqualifies us from living a full life in God. That's a lie. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus promised that he came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And that's in every aspect of your life. And the only way that we can experience true fulfillment in Jesus is not the money that we earn, it's not the job that we have or the success that we may accomplish. No, true fulfillment begins with Jesus and it ends with Jesus because everything we will do will be for his glory. And the only way we can walk in true fulfillment is if we have a relationship with Jesus. You know, my, my passion, my passion is not to teach God's word. I love it, I enjoy it, but my passion is the result and the response that takes place when you and I say yes to Jesus. You hung out this morning. You didn't, you didn't uh, set aside this time to just be motivated. You came because you wanted to encounter Jesus. And the way we do that, if you haven't met him yet, is we do it through salvation. It's a declaration that he died on the cross and he rose again and it's an acceptance of him being Lord and Savior of your life. And I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to pray this prayer with me because I've been believing all week that you and I would walk in a relationship with Jesus. And for those of you who don't know him yet, that you will. And so I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and I just want you to pray it after me. And then at the end, I'm going to give you a couple of next steps, and we'll worship the rest of our service. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I acknowledge boldly that you rose again and you did it for me. And through your sacrifice, I can have a relationship with you. And on this day, I choose you as my Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for those that made a decision to follow Jesus today? Come on, make some noise for Jesus right where you are. Listen, for every single person that made that decision, you made the greatest decision of your life. If by some chance uh, you want to know how to uh, contact City Place Church, you can text 94000 and text the word City Place. Let us know the decision that you made, or you can complete a virtual connect card. Our team doesn't want you to do life alone. You weren't designed for that. But we want to encourage you in your next steps. The other thing I want to encourage you and I want to invite you to be a part of is our city groups. Our city groups happen throughout the week. Men, women, young adults, students, we've got something for every person to jump in. We want to make sure that as you walk and take your next steps in Christ, that you do it together. 
we have virtual, we have in-person in groups. So no matter where you're, you're watching from, you can be a part of that. So check out that information. All right, the final thing we're going to do, we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. We believe that God has called our church to live to give. I say it every single week. And let me just say, it's through the generosity of all of you and us partnering together by which God allows the needs and the cares of City Place Church to be accomplished. And so thank you. Thank you for trusting the Lord and worshiping the Lord and uh, giving him the first part of your income and increase. And so uh, we just uh, believe that God's allowing our church to steward his kingdom finances and not only uh, impact those inside of our church, but also build a great stewardship culture here in our church. And so thank you because you allow us, your giving allows City Place to be able to have service online and have the technology that's required to be able to see you every single week. And so thank you for that as well. So I'm gonna pray and then don't forget, get involved in the City Group. And we can't wait to worship you, wish you, worship with you again next Sunday right here at City Place Church. Let me pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you that we get to celebrate all of those that said yes to you. Thank you, Father, that we also get to worship you with our kingdom finances. We honor you today. We're grateful for who you are. Bless our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.